You're listening to episode 82 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today's guest is an extra special Canadian. I actually met her on Instagram. I seem to meet a lot of my guests on Instagram. It's a common theme. Um, (laughs) Instagram is really where it's happening, isn't it? (laughs) And Sarah has so much to offer not only women in general, and yes, if you are American or if you're listening to this elsewhere, I promise you will still get just as much out of this, (laughs) out of this interview. But Sarah is often referred to as a serial entrepreneur and has this innate ability to take an idea and turn it into reality at lightning speed in huge ways and sustainably, which is sort of the key part there. She's hosted highly successful group and one-on-one coaching platforms in life and business and is the visionary behind the great Canadian woman brand boasting a five-star podcast, a rapidly growing annual live event that I'm so excited about, wilderness retreats, a book publication, and a lifestyle blog. She left the job she was great at to pursue the work that she loved, and she nearly replaced her six-figure corporate salary in her first year of making it all happen. That is incredible. That is absolutely incredible and not something that most entrepreneurs can claim. We cover a ton of awesome things in this episode. So we get into things like claiming your power, the the power of starting too, knowing your worth, consistency and growth in your business, how to build momentum. The extremely surprising answer she gave me when I asked her how to handle stalled growth, which I loved, especially in your business. When, when is the hustle necessary? Um, Leaving space for the magic to come through. That was another really great topic that we dove into a lot. There is so much fantastic stuff packed into this episode. I'm so pumped for you to listen. For anything that was referenced in the, in the show notes, or if you want to make sure that you can find Sarah and connect with her, jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. All of the information and in show notes will be over there, and you can check Sarah out. I am extra excited today because I have a very special Canadian guest. I always get extra excited for the Canadian <laughs> guest. Uh, Sarah Swain is with us today. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm not going to lie. As a podcast host, I've never been a guest before. This is new territory for me. When you told me that, I was (laughs) so excited. I think my exact words were shut the front door. (laughs) I know it it reminded me of that thing where you're always the bridesmaid, but never the bride. That's That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I am more than excited to have snagged you for the very first interview. So tell us a little bit about you, about what you do, um, your background. I know you have kind of like a twisty tale about how you ended up doing what you're doing as well. So give us, give us all the details. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'll try and sum it up the best that I can. Uh, I'm the founder and visionary behind the great Canadian woman platform, uh, which is a five-star podcast. It is an annual live event that's taking place in Gravenhurst, Ontario this October. It is business coaching. It is masterminds. It is a book that's being set to uh, publish this fall. It is a collaborative blog. And I think that that is, that just speaks to the magnitude of, of the vision itself behind the great Canadian woman and how it came to be funny enough. I was actually at (laughs) a women's empowerment event in Southern California. And out of the 500 women that were at this incredible event, uh, it felt like at least half of them were Canadian. And it just stuck with me. You know, when something sticks and and the thought never leaves you. And when this happened, I was only probably, gosh, a few months in uh, to my entrepreneurial journey. I was still very much just kind of dabbling in life coaching and the world of empowerment coaching and things along those lines and learning a lot and having a really great time. And then all of a sudden, I find myself at this event surrounded by Canadians, what we're in Southern California. <laughs> so I thought to myself, well, this is kind of strange that I had to come all this way and get on planes and convert my dollar and, you know, I'll make all these arrangements in order to meet all of these incredible people, incredible women doing really epic things with their life and business that I would have never otherwise known about. And that was the kind of the seed that was planted 
um, in order for the great Canadian woman vision to birth into what it is now, because there's this little voice in my mind that was saying, gosh, where is the platform for Canadian women? And then all of a sudden I realized I'm like, okay, universe, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I'll create it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I'll create it. And that's essentially what happened. It started with the podcast and it has grown into uh, the beautiful being that it is now. I have just been so impressed watching this growth from afar because you have grown so rapidly in such a short period of time. I mean, this really, you really only started to focus um, your, in, your interest in terms of the great Canadian woman platform itself. What about like last, last March, I think, March of 2018? Yes, yes, that's exactly oh why I stumbled into all of these Canadians and I started having these thoughts. And it's funny because I had on my vision board and kind of my, my, my annual um, series of events and things I wanted to do and my business mapped out. And at the end of June, I just had the word podcast on my calendar. And at that point, I had no idea what the podcast was going to be about. I just knew that there was a podcast in my future and uh, I was holding myself accountable to making sure that I, I executed that goal. And funny enough, the end of June is also July 1st, which is Canada Day. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm staring at this date on the calendar thinking, holy smokes, this is the most alignment I've ever felt in my business to date. This must be true. Uh, this is what I have to follow. So it was launched on Canada Day, formally, July 1st, 2018. I didn't even know that. That is so appropriate. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to so many Americans. I mean, I, I'm sure you have in being in yes. business as well. And they, they have no, I mean, most of, I, I have a ton of American listeners and it's so funny. So they probably pick up some Canadian things from me just from listening to this podcast, but most Americans have no idea like what Canada Day is and they kind of giggle. They're like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I know. But is that like your version of Independence Day? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to explain it in American terms sometimes that they understand what it actually yeah. means. It's true. It's true. So funny. Tell us a little bit more about this book because I, I, I know that you have been kind of like pulling from all different women across Canada and tell us a little bit more about like what it's about and what, what we can expect from something like this. It sounds so, so cool. Well, you know, it, it happened by fluke, but also not by fluke. Cause I really don't believe in coincidences. I, again, going back to my vision board, I had a picture of a book on it again, didn't know what it was going to be about, <laughs> but I just knew I, I trusted this internal feeling in myself. Uh, when I created my, my vision for myself, uh, in 2017, up until the year 2020, there was a book on there and I said, okay, we'll just, we'll wait to see what happens and see how this is going to come about. So it was after I launched the podcast and I was actually already a co-author uh, for Golden Brick Road Publishing House uh, in a collaborative book series. So uh, in order to explain the idea of, of collaborative books, uh, the best example you can use is uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, that whole series where it's a, um, a collection of authors all contributing a piece to the book and then creating one big book out of it. Okay. So I was uh, already writing a chapter uh, in a beautiful book about uh, the wild feminine and uh, the head of the publishing house, Kylie Hansen, got a hold of my podcast and she said, wow, you know, this is a really interesting concept. We don't really have things like this in Canada. She's a Canadian owned um, publishing house as well. What do you think about maybe creating the concept of the podcast and turning it into a collaborative book? I thought, wow, I was only about two months into the podcast. So uh, it, it took me a bit by surprise because I wasn't expecting something of that magnitude so early on. Uh, but I said yes, because that's what my soul has asked me to do. There was a whole you know, plethora of negative thoughts that flooded in behind it. But I trusted uh, that it was the right thing to do for my business and the right time. And I said, yes. So uh, there's a total of 20 Canadian women writing in this book, plus myself. So there's 21 of us in total. And uh, it's really a theme of strength. And when you think of, of a Canadian woman and, you know, you could get as metaphorical as you want about this because we are tough women up here, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we're living in minus 35 degree weather for half a year. There's, there's a number of ways in which you could say that Canadian women are very, very strong. And uh, that was a theme that was just coming through loud and clear as each of these women started to contribute their, their writing pieces and their chapters started to form. And as I'm reading through each of them and, and helping them 
um, you know, kind of guide them through their writing process and really help them to extract the most potent pieces of, of the piece of the journey that they were wanting to share within this book, it became so obvious to me that the whole, the whole theme of the book is, is strong strength. Uh, it takes a whole lot to take a Canadian woman out <laughs> and this book will completely prove that uh, we are very, very resilient women here in Canada. So it was something that kind of fell on my lap and it was one of those opportunities where it's like, is, do I do this now or do I back burner this? Um, but I jumped in and it is, uh, it's been an incredible experience, totally different type of coaching than I had ever provided before. Uh, Cause we're really talking about extracting some of the deepest um, and, mo and most personal aspects of a woman's life and translating it along with its energy onto the paper so that the reader is having the very same experience right alongside them. So I'm incredibly excited um, for it to actually be a thing that I can hold in my hand. It's going to be a very surreal experience. Oh my gosh. I love it. And, and you said that it's coming out this fall? Yeah, it'll be on pre-sale. Um, so it's actually lining up with uh, the Great Canadian Women's Summit for pre-sale. And the actual physical book will be a thing in spring of 2020. So we still have about another year, but it's coming. Awesome. Okay. No, we'll have to make sure to, I'll, I'll go back and, and link all of it up when, uh, when it's actually ready to go. I, I'm really excited to get my hands on it. That's awesome. 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 <laughs> Thank you. So I, I, what, something that I'm really hearing throughout all of this is that you don't fuck around when it comes to <laughs> jumping into your goals, like, or, or things that are, that are like falling into your lap and you're just going for it before you can let other things get in the way. What, what is it that you think holds women back the most from taking the leap towards these big dreams, even when they might be falling into their laps too, but there's, there's things that they're allowing or maybe mindset blocks or different situations that are coming up instead that, that are not allowing these women to move forward with what it is that they really want. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's such a huge deal because I think that the majority of women have a vision or want to be doing something with their life uh, or, you know, kind of daydream. You think about the things you think about when your power song comes on, right? Maybe you're on a stage, maybe you're hosting an event, maybe you're signing books, maybe you're rocking out on a podcast, you know, these things that we, we often catch ourselves thinking that that's only for other people. And what that really tells me is that there's uh, a, a lack of belief in oneself. And I think that that is ultimately, ultimately what it comes down to. There's a plethora of reasons and fears of things that we're worried about by putting ourselves out there and claiming our vision as our own and declaring that this is what we're going to do. Um, but I think it all comes down to, do I actually believe I can pull this off? And um, that takes a lot of work around identifying where, where this lack of belief even started from in our life. And more often than not, it, it's coming from some place when we were in a very impressionable, spongy, uh, easily absorbing type of, of age group where we were taking everything coming at us as the absolute truth. And, and we carry those beliefs with us through our life. And you know, some of the most common ones are, well, you, it's, it's irresponsible for you not to uh, have a biweekly paycheck or have, um, you know, benefits or a pension. And, you know, it's, it's irresponsible not to uh, get a post-secondary education. If you don't get a post-secondary education, you're not going to be successful. And the word successful for me had to be a word that I had to consciously redefine for myself because I was very much trapped in all of those same beliefs that I, th I thought I was supposed to go through life in a very step-by-step uh, -step manner. And, and I call it the, the assembly line, essentially, you know, we're checking off all the boxes, doing all the things that in some unwritten rule book uh, out there that everyone's telling us exists is telling me to do. And it wasn't until I, I hit the age of, of 30 that I really started questioning everything because as, as much as I had gained this societal definition of success, uh, I was earning a healthy six-figure salary. Um, promotions were quite easy for me to obtain. I had a beautiful home, we had paid vacation, all those things that we're told that we're supposed to have. And it was this idea of success that I was clinging to. I was clinging to the definition of it. And I really had to take a step back and, and think, well, I don't feel successful. So 
why, why do I think that I have to do these things in order to be successful? So it really took me taking a step back and, and allowing myself to release the definition of, of what society telling me a successful woman is and asking myself, uh, if I were to die tomorrow, what would make me feel really successful? And words that started coming up was alignment and joy and time and family and leadership and service and uh, business startup. And all of these things were just like coming, coming, coming. I said, okay, if I were to do these things, would I feel successful? And it was a resounding yes. It was a resounding yes. And then on the coattails of that was, do I actually believe I can do this? And I think that that's where a lot of people stop it, the process is, is not actually believing that they can. And what, what we need to do every time there's a belief that, that comes at us, that's blocking us from doing the things that we want to do is taking action that produces a new set of evidence that we can say, okay, well, now that I see this evidence, that means that that other story, that belief that I was clinging to isn't absolutely true because there's evidence over here that's telling me that it's false. And the more action we take, the more evidence we produce and the more evidence we produce, the stronger our belief becomes. So it's, it's not an overnight process by any means, but it really does start with the simple belief that we actually can. That I, I, I really appreciate everything that you said there, especially about the more action that we take too. And, and just digging into this even more, I mean, I, sometimes I find that other people can see us so much more clearly than we can yes. see ourselves. <laughs> so yes. much. Like we're just stuffing down our own gifts and we aren't even acknowledging them. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. other people are looking to us specifically for those exact gifts yeah. and we're just ignoring them and overlooking all of them. And that has a huge role to play when it comes to things like self-worth and claiming our power, like what you were talking oh, about. Yes. How do you kind of coach women through this and, and help them to see what it is that they have to offer the world? Oh my gosh, this is such a great question. And you're absolutely right. We are always the last people <laughs> to not only see the gifts that we have, but to, but to claim them and step into them fully. And it's simply because we don't know what that feels like. It's very unknown territory. We haven't experienced it yet. And that's all fear is, is just an unknown um, set of events or, or series of events that we we don't know if we can control the outcome for and we don't know that we can protect ourselves against so we stay in this fear of I don't know that therefore I'm staying here in the place that I know and you know the whole you know, cliche statement of, of uh, growth and, and comfort not being able to go hand in hand is absolutely true <laughs> especially for recognizing our own gifts because if we are to dare say that I have something to offer the world, that's a big statement to make. It's a very scary because now we're putting ourselves out there. We're allowing ourselves to be seen. And when we allow ourselves to be seen, we are opening ourselves up for all sorts of unsolicited feedback and opinions and criticism and uncle Joe at the Thanksgiving dinner doesn't understand what us millennials do and friend over here that loves her traditional job thinks it's irresponsible to leave and do something else. So you have all of these things coming at you that have the ability, if you're not conscious of them, have the ability to send you flying right back into your comfort zone where those types of things don't happen to you, right? <laughs> exactly. What I, exactly. What I like to say to people though is how, how bad do you want it? And where you claim to be comfortable, is it really? Is it really comfortable? Is it really comfortable staying where you are, knowing that you have something to offer and you're not getting out of your way? Does that actually feel good to you? Does that actually make you feel really proud? And does that fit into the definition of comfort? Because the way that I see it and the way that I, I kind of help um, new clients see this as it's actually uncomfortable as hell to stay in your comfort zone. If you really think about it, because by staying in our comfort zone means, means that we're, we're not stepping into our passion. We're not living our purpose. We're not helping other people that we know we can absolutely help. We're not reaching the people that need our services. That's uncomfortable for me. That's unacceptable for me. 
So therefore, what do I need to do? Well, we have to get out of our way first and foremost. And that means we gotta, we got to actually get definition wise uncomfortable as hell because comfort and growth can't live in the same place. It's one or the other. So if we want the growth, that means that we're going to have to do the things that are not part of our daily routine. That's uncomfortable. Build new habits. That's uncomfortable. Talk to new people. That's uncomfortable. Get out and socialize. Get out and network. That's uncomfortable. I get it. <laughs> but if we want growth, then the comfort has to be backburnered. There literally is no other way because as we step forward, uh, I like to describe this as, as a freight train because when we get into a little bit of motion and we realize that, okay, it's not so bad out here and I'm actually feeling really good. I'm, I'm being rewarded with this feeling of feeling really proud of myself. I want to feel more of this. And we take another step because we're now, we're now looking for more of that feeling. And the more steps we take, the more momentum we get into. And the more momentum we get into, the easier it is to break all of those old comfort zone habits that we're keeping us grounded and not allowing our gifts to be seen. So it starts with one step, essentially. Um, but that one step has to be followed by the second step and then the third and so on and so on. Oh, it's such a great perspective. I, I couldn't agree more. It, and I, I've talked about this on, on this podcast before about how there comes a point where your comfort zone becomes too uncomfortable to stay in. And it's like yes. this tipping point where you just, you, you're being forced to make a move because it, it's too uncomfortable to stay there anymore. Yes. <laughs> you can't do it anymore. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, about just taking that first step, because that kind of leads into my next question about the power of starting. Oh. And what comes to mind the most with this is starting from nothing to build a business. And if you've gotten off your game, right, you, you let life get in the way or whatever, and you're having a hard time getting started again too. Mm -hmm. Like how can mm -hmm. we propel ourselves forward? Because momentum is such a powerful tool. I will tell people that all day long, even about their fitness and stuff too, that yep. momentum is so powerful, but it's, it's that starting that can be the hardest part a lot of the time. 100%. And I'm going back to my freight train analogy. Apparently I like trains today, but if, <laughs> if, if you think about it, if you've ever watched a train leave a station, it doesn't just go zero to 60, like a, like a little sports car does, right? <laughs> it takes a lot of power and it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of consistent, small forward movement in order for it to pick up speed and ultimately gain momentum. And then you hear the saying, it's coming at you like a freight train. Well, it's because it's got so much momentum. There's no stopping it. Your entrepreneurial journey is no different because startup is where the most heavy lifting is required because in startup, you're not only, uh, you know, learning how to become a business owner. You're also learning about all the things your business needs. You're also learning about the type of people that you really love to work with. You're learning about the people that you definitely don't ever want to work with ever again. <laughs> You're learning uh, all about what it's like to fail in your first, you know, your first jump, your first month of business, your first day of business, your first year of business. So there's all of these moving parts that absolutely need to happen. It's part of the process in order for you and your business as a whole to get into a really smooth rhythm. Because if I had have started, um, you know, I'll, I'll use the Great Canadian Woman platform as an example. If I had have launched the podcast, the blog, the book, the retreats, the annual summit, the mastermind, the coaching platform, if I had launched all of those things on July 1st, what the heck would, you, would happen, right? Like it would just be spontaneous combustion. It would have <laughs> blown up and not gone anywhere because you're expecting the momentum to come before the, the hard work of startup. But it isn't until you take all of those steps and really commit, really commit that when you say you're starting, you're starting and you're not stopping. And I, I, tell my clients to compare this journey to entering into, um, you know, a, a new relationship, right? Like you, you have to expect that there's going to be some sort of trade-off. There's going to be learning curves. There's going to be a period of time where you're adjusting. There's going to be uh, finding out what feels really amazing, finding out what kind of hurts and all of these different types of things. So 
when we start a business, but we are under the impression that nothing else in our life has to change as a result, we're kidding ourselves and ultimately setting ourselves up for failure. So committing to the startup first and foremost, knowing that startup is where the most heavy lifting occurs and trusting that if you stay the course, um, momentum is, is just a scientific fact that happens. <laughs> Well, and, and to that point as well, I feel like something that comes up for so many women who are, you know, especially like if you're a mom, if you have a full-time job right now and, and you want to start a business, but you, you don't know how to get there, it can seem really daunting to get to the point of momentum because you have so many other things going on in your life already. It's like, how do you, how do you bridge that gap? How do you start to build enough momentum that then you can do something like quit your full-time job? And it, it is, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mince words. I'm not a mom, but I, I definitely, I did start my business, um, while working full time as well. And it's no joke. I mean, it takes a lot of sacrifice that I'm sure that you can attest to as well, to some degree, just because that startup phase is so tricky. Like there's yeah. a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts and somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day that I'd been uh, coaching through launching their podcast and they described it as hibernation mode. <laughs> They're yeah. like, well, I launched today. I can come out of hibernation now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a huge part of it, I think, too. Yeah, it is. And, and that's, that's the absolute truth is the, the level of commitment um, that it takes to actually get something up and off the ground to the point where you can take the training wheels off and remove yourself a little bit so that you can start focusing on other areas of your business, start growing you know, other parts of your platform. Um, and it, it really, it's, it's all comes down to habit and, um, you know, it's, it's no different than, uh, you know, embarking on a fitness journey and that feeling comes up and like, God, I really don't feel like going to the gym today. Are you committed to your fitness journey or aren't you? Are you going to do the things that, uh, you don't necessarily feel like doing if you know full well that that's exactly what needs to be done in order for you to achieve your goal. And especially in startup, I think we get, so uh, kind of lost and a little bit misled and confused because of, of memes that uh, circulate around, um, you know, that kind of make the hustle seem like a bad thing. And, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about alignment, don't hustle. So we're, I, we understand what that means as entrepreneurs, but the, the message that it is sending out to the general public is making people feel that as soon as something feels icky or hard, or that there's a day that you're going to have to work 21 hours today that, oh, this isn't right. I must not be doing the right thing because I'm hustling, <laughs> right? No, if that's can, such a great yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that I know all kinds of entrepreneurs who will now argue that, yeah, you don't have to hustle, but if you really dig into that with them, they don't have to hustle now because they hustled so hard in the beginning. Yes. And I'm still about, you know, whenever you can, you need to prioritize things like, you know, basic nutrition and exercise and sleep, like spending time with loved ones. Like, yes, of course, th those things all need to be priorities, but at the same time, you have to, th there's a reason why everyone isn't an entrepreneur. Yes, because a lot of people would rather, and there's nothing wrong with this at all. A lot of people would just rather leave their work at, at the office or wherever it is that you work at the end of the day and you go home and you don't have to worry about it. And that's fantastic. But it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, right? Like that sounds pretty good to me some days. <laughs> but sometimes the trade-offs are worth it and yeah. it's worth that bit of hustle. But especially in the beginning, I don't think I know any successful entrepreneur who hasn't had to hustle, particularly like in the early days of their business. And then yes, you can get to a point where you, you are designing your days in a way that is more, you know, time efficient and, and you're not having to hustle so hard, but everyone has to hustle at some point, I believe. Absolutely. And, and there's a difference between hustling and being wildly inefficient and unproductive. Yes. And hustling and being in complete alignment with what you're doing and where you're going. And I think that it, it's sometimes easy to confuse the two if we haven't spent enough work on the front end, understanding what it is that we actually want. And especially in today's age where, you know, the entrepreneurial 
thing is becoming a really popular choice, especially for kind of the, the 35 and under crowd right now, which is really the, the millennials and the generations coming up behind it, because we're the ones that are challenging everything, right? We're like, whoa, I don't think I have to do this for the rest of my life if I don't feel like it. So it's becoming a more and more popular um, alternative for people who aren't really jiving in that type of traditional employment. But with that being said, it's so important to understand and identify what your vision actually is and making sure that it's your own. Because if you feel that you are hustling like a maniac and you know your, your work feels really stressful and icky and you know it's it's becoming really detrimental to your health and your well-being you got to ask yourself at some point is this is this actually what i want am i going in the right direction have i have i hit the nail on the head or am i going after kind of this facade of this hashtag work from anywhere um mindset that is very appealing um, but I think a good thing to do for everyone is is to check to make sure first whether or not your goals are your own. Uh, because if that hustle feels real nasty, chances are you're probably chasing someone else's dream. I think that's a really great point that not enough people are talking about because yeah. there are so many people out there who are you know starting the next nutrition business, the next fitness business, or or the next business type like business coaching business or whatever, mm -hmm. and it's because they're basing it off of someone else's life. They're yep. looking at someone else that they, that they particularly look up to. And I have fallen into this trap along so the way. I, Absolutely. Where I have, I have looked at other people and I'm like, I want that life. So I better do what they're doing. And yep. it hasn't felt good. It has felt icky. It has felt hard. It has felt like slogging through mud every day. Like, yes. I, and I'm like, is this, is this it? Like, is, is this what I signed up for? <laughs> and yeah. it, it takes time to work through that. I almost feel like it's, it's almost like a little bit of a rite of passage because it, it's hard to even coach people through until they've kind of experienced it, a, a, a taste of it themselves yep. Yep. a little bit. Yeah. And it's, I, I can speak to that personally too, because um, I had a mentor in 20, 2016 or 2017. And he said to me, Sarah, you're going to try on many coats before you find the one that fits. I'm like, no, I'm not. I know exactly what I want. I'm going to go get it. Right. And then I jumped in. I'm like, oh, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> And that's exactly it. We, we have to be able to have those hard conversations with ourselves to say, you know, Sarah, is this actually what you want? Is this actually what you thought you were building? Is this how you really want to feel? And if the answer is no to any of those questions or anything along those lines, then you've got to have the courage to shift and change course um, and get back in alignment with what it is you really want to be doing because that's when even the busy days even those hustle days where yeah you're going to be in your office or your little corner that you've carved out for yourself to work from with your laptop uh, for 20 20 hours some days right those aren't every day but those days are going to happen and you want to make sure that whatever the heck you are spending that amount of time on is exactly what it is that you want Absolutely. Well, and, and something else to, to that point is this has come up for me a lot in the last couple of years too, that I feel like we need to work with coaches and mentors and, and uh, like, especially in, in that way, but basically like, like the people that we surround ourselves that we're looking up to, mm -hmm. we need to surround ourselves with people who are doing what we want to be doing. Yes. Because I've hired coaches in the past who have been incredible and like massive help to me, like helped me grow in so many incredible ways. But at the same time, they didn't have like the business model that I wanted, for right. example. Right. And then some days I would be left thinking like, wait, I just got off a coaching call and I, I was kind of like directed to do this thing, but that doesn't feel good to me. Like that's not what mm -hmm. I want. That's not how I want to spend my days making money. So I need to like redirect and go a different direction. But, but my coach is telling me this and, and it, it's tough sometimes yes. because we have to again, it's one of those things where you almost don't recognize it until it's like hitting you in the face and you're like, oh, wow, this is not necessarily what I wanted. <laughs> it, it's true because, you know, you, you hear about these things and you really don't actually believe its full impact until you experience it yourself. Because I've been there too, where, you know, I've been told on anything from one end of the spectrum of you absolutely must uh, utilize Facebook and Instagram ads to you don't even need a website and everything in between, Right. And what we need to do as, as 
the people who are ultimately responsible for our vision and the execution of it in order for other people to have access to the services that they need. Um, we have to be able to challenge what's coming at us, whether it's coach or consultant or an expert or anybody that you've hired to kind of help guide you. Don't be afraid to push back on, well, do I actually have to do that in my business? Because if it doesn't feel good, if it doesn't feel aligned, um, you don't have to. Like permission granted right here on this episode, you don't have to. The only thing that I caution is that you, you check yourself to make sure it's not fear-based before you rule it out. So if, if it's something that you just don't want to do because you're scared and it's going to bring you to the next level and you don't want to get that big, you don't want to be seen and you're freaking out, don't use that as an excuse not to do it. But really just check yourself and, and ask yourself, is this something I actually want to do in my business? Is this, is this what I want to be focusing on as I build? Or maybe this is something I can pay more attention to in year two or year three. And it's, it's funny that we should come onto this topic because I made a crazy, radical, drastic decision, which is kind of my thing. And I decided that at one point I was going to stop reading books. I was going to stop listening to podcasts and I was going to stop hiring coaches. And it gifted me with the ability to dive into my own creativity and imagination and trust that whatever was within me was going to be powerful enough to bring it to life. Now, I have since brought all of those things back into my life uh, in some way, shape, or form, but I needed to give myself some of that breathing room to just hit the pause button on all of this information and content that is coming at us, especially when we're hungry new entrepreneurs. We want to know all the things, right? And I had to hit the pause button and, and allow my own thought to start to form and allow my own ideas and you know my own excitement to really just start to unravel without someone or someone else's idea or uh, some sort of content flying at me telling me that I should be doing it in a different way. And that was probably um, the wisest move I made in my business, even though it was a very fragile time. It was in my first year, uh, but I just I really stepped into a deep amount of trust that I I know that I have within me what my business needs, but I need to give myself the space to actually let it come through and listen to it. I, I love that you're bringing this up because I've, I've gone through the same types of things. And actually I've done two podcast episodes lately, one on information overload and one on digital detoxing. And I have mentioned this <laughs> in both episodes. Yeah. <laughs> because I have gone through phases where I have just had to like shut everything off. Mm -hmm. because it just becomes so overwhelming. And all I, it, when I, when I close my eyes at night, all I can hear is like all these, all these voices of, you know, the podcast I was listening to earlier or, or the book that was being read to me on audible or whatever it, that are like yelling at me to do all these things. And, <laughs> and I can't hear what I need to be doing, <laughs> like what's yes. right for me. I know that before you and I jumped on, um, we had talked about like creating space for the magic to come through. Mm -hmm. And I, it, this is, this is obviously very much in line with that. And I'd love to hear more about that from you because living, living in like a constant state of busy and chaos, it's just not allowing us to even be the visionary in our own lives. So mm -hmm. how can we kind of create and cultivate that space other than, um, other than kind of the more obvious ways, like shutting, shutting some of the voices off in terms of, you know, podcasts and coaches and all of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love this question. Um, first and foremost, knowing what you want and knowing how you want to feel are probably two of the most important questions you could ever ask yourself. And I go so far as to actually, um, each year uh, coming up on New Year, I, I love New Year's. It's like my favorite time of year because I love the blank slate and, and the ability to, to create the next 365 days. Um, but one thing I do is I establish values for myself to act as pillars uh, that kind of guide me and, and help me make decisions uh, throughout the year that may have room for some overthinking or analysis paralysis to show its face and kind of cause me to stall a little bit. So a couple of examples of values that I have in 2019 is energy, uh, health experience. And when I think about these values, uh, what they allow me to do is erect really strong boundaries around certain spots, certain areas of my life that would potentially prevent me from experiencing those things to the fullest extent 
So when it comes to all of these things coming at us left, right, and center, whether it's content or whether it's, um, you know, social things and friendships and relationships and work and going on overdrive and all of these things, my pillars, first and foremost, allow me to ask the question, am I staying true to my values or am I not by, by doing what I'm doing right now or by making this decision? Am I staying true to my values? If the answer is no, then my decision is made for me. That I, that's something I need to steer away from um, so that I can protect these, these very strong pillars for my personal life and my professional life. So that way I'm staying in the most um, you know, potent greenhouse for growth and forward movement that I possibly can be. And all of the distractions around me uh, just kind of ping off the, the walls <laughs> outside of the boundaries that I have up to protect these, these types of things that I'm holding very near and dear uh, to my heart for the duration of the year. And those values will shift as my business grows and as I grow personally, um, because often enough, those values just simply become a, a way of life without having to think twice about it. And therefore, you don't need to have it as a pillar anymore. It's just how you are. It's how you move through life. So when I come up on something that I know I need to spend more time on and I know I need to get better at, and that becomes a new value for me so that I have this kind of uh, centrifugal force keeping me grounded in that headspace as much as humanly possible throughout the year. And it just becomes so much easier to say no to everything that isn't that. It, it's, it's easy to say no when it, the question is literally yes or no, it's black or white. Is this aligned with my value or is it not? Is this a violation of my boundary or is it not? And, you know, boundaries can be difficult. I get it because uh, usually people who aren't used to you having boundaries up in your life around certain things might not be cool with it. That's okay. Let them have their journey. <laughs> Let them work that out on their own. Um, because by, by kind of lowering those walls on your own boundaries to protect your very sacred space of your mind and your heart and your business and, and all of the things that you hold very near and dear to yourself, it, it's, it's inevitable that there's going to be people that aren't going to be overly happy with it. Um, but don't let that knock you off course and cause you or enable you to go back into those things that aren't actually serving you. And that's where the noise starts to come back in. It's just like one little leak and, you know, two little leaks, three little leaks. And all of a sudden we've got a dam breaking and we're, we're left sitting here wondering how the heck all of this chaos started swarming around us again. Um, so to, to kind of wrap that up, values is what I, I erect first and foremost, and then fierce, fierce boundaries around those values uh, and being so committed to them that I'm willing to um, let people be temporarily disappointed with some of the boundaries that I put up with in order for me to become the strongest version of myself that I can because the right people will wait for me to do that so that I can come back to that relationship or you know, whatever capacity that relationship looked like as a better version of myself anyway. It's only a win for them in the end too. You have just described that so beautifully. And I really like how you kind of brought it around to that the pillars end up becoming so much a part of you that then it also starts to just automate. Like yeah, you might have yes. to practice it over and over again, but then it just becomes so much easier because you're automating the process, which is what all of us want to do in business too. Do we not? Yes. <laughs> like yes. automate as much as possible and like <laughs> make habits and build efficiency around it. And when it's so much easier to just say no to things that aren't aligning with you, boundaries have been coming up on this podcast so often. And I feel like it's going to be the theme of 2019 because yep. so many guests I've talked to and like, I've been going through a lot of boundary issues myself. And I, I, I love how, how you kind of pulled that all together because I think that establishing those, those pillars and values for yourself is so important. And for anyone listening, you don't have to wait until new year's either. Like I'm, I'm a big proponent of, you know, change. If you're going to make a change, make it today. Like you don't have to today. wait six months. <laughs> yeah. Today. Yes. So sit down with like a journal and start writing down some of the pillars and, and habits that are most important to you. I, I love that. That also cultivates so much trust too. Like yes. I know that you, you kind of touched on self-trust and, and that just really when you start to automate that process, you're going to intrinsically start to trust yourself more and mm -hmm. to trust your own decision-making skills. And that is such, such a beautiful way that can translate into so many different areas of your life too, like business and otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and with self-trust comes a great deal of compassion 
um, those two things can't exist for yourself without one another because trusting yourself means that you're trusting yourself even when you're screwing up royally. It, it means trusting yourself even when you're failing. It means trusting yourself even when you make a bad decision for your business um, and really having compassion for yourself as you know, the version of yourself that is doing the best that she can with what she has right now in this moment. And you know, once, once you learn more, you will you will be more, you will do more, you'll know what to do next time. And just really being so gentle with yourself during that process, as opposed to jumping, you know, full tilt into, you know, beating yourself up and, and, you know, being mean to yourself essentially, because that goes against the idea of trusting yourself. Trust fully means like wholehearted, unconditional trust, no matter whether things are going right or things are going sideways on you. Oh, so good. So good. What, what is something that you want to teach or share with women who might be struggling to see growth in their businesses right now? Oh my goodness. Such a good question. I think the number one thing first and foremost is if what you're doing right now isn't working, if you feel like you've been kind of on a treadmill or that hamster wheel and you're going, 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 and you're not actually getting anywhere, something has to change. That means that you've entered into a new comfort zone. Maybe you have kind of ripped yourself from the original comfort zone that you needed to in order to start. So now you've started and you've established a new comfort zone. Um, Anytime that I start to feel like my business is feeling a little stagnant or it's not going anywhere, it's an invitation for me to do something new and do something even bolder. Um, because what that allows me to do is to kind of jump into that next level of where my vision is, you know, demanding that I take it and jumping in with both feet. I'm not uh, a supporter of dipping toes in water. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I just don't operate that way. And I find that it, um, it causes a prolonged sense of, you know, anxiety and borderline suffering when you're just kind of doing something, when you're just kind of committing to something and you're kind of deciding, but not really. And you don't have that full hell. Yes, I'm going to do this come hell or high water. Um, that, that anxiety, that resistance and that grossness that kind of comes with the feeling of procrastinating and putting things off uh, is one of the worst feelings in the world. So my vote is if you're feeling stagnant, uh, get more bold, get more loud, get a little more brave, find some more courage and ask yourself what you can do differently that you're not already doing now. Where can you actively look for things that are going to bring you a sense of discomfort? Because if stagnancy is occurring, that means that growth has stopped. And if growth has stopped, it means that there's too much comfort that exists. So actively looking for those um, opportunities to get out of that comfort zone, try something new, put yourself out there, try on a new hat, try on a new coat, and see if there's something else that you know your vision may have the potential of expanding into that maybe just wasn't on your radar when you first started and it's just time for something new to be birthed. I think that is such fantastic advice and almost like the opposite I feel like of of what some people would would suggest to for you to say you know to go bolder if you're feeling kind of stuck. I feel like some mm-hmm. people would say you know like oh just get quiet and journal and, and that stuff is all <laughs> awesome. Like, We've talked about that kind of in, in here too, you know, like cutting out some of the noise and stuff. And that's amazing. But yeah, like go bold because you might have just hit a new comfort level. I, I think that that's fantastic advice. I absolutely love that. And I think that that's, that's something that we could all learn from and all at different stages throughout our businesses as well. Yes, it, it's so true. And I can give you an example of something that I did in my own business. I had just wrapped up uh, another group coaching program. It was around, I think, May of... 2018. So I still barely half a year into my business. And I said, okay, I've got two successful programs under my belt. I've got a one-to-one platform. Uh, This is actually working. And you know, all of these things are are really kind of going into motion. Um, Okay, what's next? And Uh, you know, the little voice in my head said, host a live event. I'm like, I'm in my first year of business. Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? Right. Um, But I knew there was something telling me that like, no, I don't, think that just continuing to, to do what I'm doing and kind of, you know, launch and launch and launch and kind of get into that cyclical that we all know so well of launching and then next thing and then launching and then next thing. 
uh, it's like, okay, I'm going to do a live event. And you know, who in their right mind in the first year of business is going to decide that they're going to rally people together in one place. Uh, and I had this goal that I was going to have a hundred people there. I don't even think a hundred people knew that I existed in my business at that point, but it was, it was an act of, of bold courage. Um, and it was hands down to this date, the most terrifying thing that I've ever done in my business, but it was the best move I ever made. And I think that's why I have so much conviction, uh, in being bold because anytime that I have made a conscious decision to be bold and go big, it has, uh, returned itself to me and to the women that uh, my services help over and over and over again. So therefore, to me, if I don't, if I don't be bold, if I don't make big moves, then how much longer are these women going to have to wait for my services to be able to reach them and for them to get the help that they need um, with, from the services that I offer? And, and to me, prolonging that, if, if it's not something that needs to be prolonged, is unacceptable. Uh, because there's there's people out there that need your help with whatever type of business uh, you offer, whether it's product based or service based. There's people out there that need what you have, so it becomes our responsibility to figure out the fastest way to get there, the fastest and most efficient way to get there. That's so powerful. I really like that, and and just the fact that you did hold uh, an event your first year of business that is that really speaks to to your courage. I think because mm-hmm. so many people would really struggle with that decision and would. Would, would think this, it, the idea would pop into their head. And I think a lot of people would be like, no, that's crazy. Oh, I, I <laughs> struggled hard. I struggled I hard. Oh yeah. I, and God love my husband. He, he wasn't um, the most supportive of this vision that I couldn't articulate when it was first coming to be, but that, that was on me because I was talking about it and wasn't actually doing anything about it. Um, and, you know, he was the one that was my biggest cheerleader the week leading up to this event. We'd already moved out to the East Coast. I'd fly back to Toronto to host this thing. There was uh, over 30 people coming and I was having meltdown after meltdown. And he would literally, um, you know, get me up off the floor, or slumped over on the couch or the chair, wherever I was having a little pity party for one because I was terrified. Uh, and he would make me stand up and and put my hands in the air and say, I'm going to do great. And of course me being in a a foul mood and terrified and worried (laughs) and anxious. So that's the last thing I wanted to do. Um, But he would say it over and over. He literally would not let me off the damn hook until I was like Rocky Balboa jumping up and down in the living room with my hands in the air because he knew how important my headspace was to me in order to actually get there. Because uh, that's literally what I, I help my clients with is headspace, headspace, headspace. And he came through for me in such a powerful way that week. Um, it got me on the plane. It got me to the event. And it was the best thing I had ever done in my life. It was the most alive I had felt for those two days uh, out of the entire um, time in my business by that point, which was about nine or 10 months. And it has now blossomed into probably the biggest anchor for my platform, which is the summit. Um, so it's, it, it all happens. And when those, when those little ideas come in and you're like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, listen to that, (laughs) listen to it and don't dismiss it as being crazy instead of saying, Oh no, I can't do that or not. Now just have the courage to ask yourself, how can I make this happen? And if there is a way to do it and it's aligned with your calendar and all those other things, then my vote is to do it. It's worth it. Uh, I love your authenticity about like how much fear was with it, even though you had decided to do it, that there was still all kinds of fear that, that oh, yeah. went with that. I Terrified. mean, <laughs> what, what is your superpower? I'm hearing a lot in this podcast, but oh, I, I want to know what you think your superpower is. I would love to know. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I talk a lot about the power of choice. Um, and that's something that we all have. So I'm, I'm going to try and be a little bit more specific about something that I think I possess that, that most people don't. And I think it is my ability to see the fastest, most efficient way to get from point A to point B. And so it's, it's, my husband calls it efficiency brain. And it, it's something that I can't even stop myself from seeing. So if we're out in public or we're sitting down at a restaurant, like my eyes are constantly scanning workflow. They're constantly scanning. Is there a faster, more efficient way for these people to do what they're doing? And I'm watching this go down all around me, whether it's people serving tables or people crossing a street or, you know, whatever it is, I just have this 
it's something that happens in my mind that can easily see a, a faster, more effective way of getting it done. And that even comes right down to unloading the dishwasher in the house to running my business. It's just something that I have a knack for. Um, and it was something I also spent a lot of time on in my traditional career was uh, workflow efficiency process uh, and policy development and creation to ultimately um, cut down on, on unnecessary labor spend. So my mind was kind of forced to constantly be thinking about what is the fastest, most effective and efficient way that we can get from point A to point B. And my, my mom and, and dad um, kind of laugh with me about it because when they come visit, they like going for walks around the neighborhood. And um, I don't. <laughs> I, I love going out into parks uh, and, and into nature. I really don't enjoy walking around the neighborhood and I always say if you want to go for a walk I'll go for a run because as I'm walking I know that there's a faster way for me to get home it's <laughs> to run so I have this this constant uh, thought that's happening in my mind what is the most effective way uh, most efficient way to to get this done or to um, execute this goal and it is something that served me incredibly well in my own business because it it really does help me kind of uh, prevent a lot of detours and um, shaving off a lot of the things that I just don't need to be wasting time on uh, that helps me kind of get to where I want to go a little bit quicker. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is a fantastic superpower to have. <laughs> Sarah, tell us where, where everyone can find you. I want to make sure that everybody can access you. And I know that you have your incredible event coming up this year too. I, I'm so sad because I wanted to attend it. I'm going to be traveling, but I am definitely coming to, to 2020s. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad. I'm so sad that you won't be there for 20. I know I am too. <laughs> okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll be everywhere on social media that weekend. It's going to be amazing. Um, the best place for people to find me is, uh, Instagram hands down. That's kind of become the new, the new business space um, <laughs> as of late. So I'm at the great Canadian woman and, uh, you can also find me uh, on my website, thegreatcanadianwoman.ca. And that will link you to all of the things that the Great Canadian plot, uh, Great Canadian Woman platform uh, provides, including the summit in uh, October of 2019 in Gravenhurst, Ontario. We just announced some incredible details. The venue is off the hook. It's literally on a wharf. So boats actually park in the venue. So it's super unique. It's not like, uh, you know, your typical hotel conference kind of vibes where you're in a dark room all day. It can be very light and bright and open and spacious and nature-like and the full kind of vibes of, of just being in the Muskoka region in Ontario. Uh, so that's very exciting. And the VIP event is actually on uh, a steamboat, an original steamship that used to deliver mail across Lake Muskoka way back in the day. Um, so it's just going to be a really unique experience, um, not just not just for us as as the hosts and the speakers, um, but for the guests and everybody that's coming. I'm so excited about it. It's literally like the my most favorite thing in my business right now is is seeing this summit become uh, the most powerful Canadian women's uh, personal and professional empowerment event um, that has ever happened, and that's the energy it's taking on. So that's what we're going to do. Oh my gosh. And I love how, how Canadian, like I'm getting so many Canadian vibes just hearing yeah. you describe it. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, I've got all the speakers up in an Airbnb just down the lake and there's actually a shuttle service in wooden boats, original wooden boats. Um, Stop that it. Take, That's amazing. I know. I know. That will take the speakers <laughs> to the venue. How cool is that? That's incredible. Only Canada, right? Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> cannot wait until next year when I can actually come. That's so funny. Oh, so good. So I have a, one more quick question for you. So if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Hmm. Take responsibility. Take responsibility for your growth because it isn't just about you, but it starts with just you and all of the things that we want to do and beautiful things that we want to create and experience and, and do and see and all these things that we want to do before our time on this earth is up. It, it really does start with us and taking a radical amount of responsibility and ownership um, for how we are showing up and the level of investment we are putting back into ourselves personally in order to make all these other beautiful things happen. Oh, that is fantastic. I, that's such like a beautiful way to wrap up. And Sarah, it has just been such an absolute treat to have you on. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear all of your amazing wisdom. And if you're in, if you're in Canada, 
make sure to attend this incredible woman's event uh, in October because it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you.